welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C, welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast on this New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's to everyone in case I forget to tell you at the end of the meeting. Tonight we have, this afternoon, we have Kate and Amy and Dennis and Paul and Craig so far. Welcome, everyone. Are y'all getting any acceptance with 2020? I'm getting so tired of hearing people talk about how bad 2020 was. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, okay, guys, we must have needed it. Hopefully we won't need another in 2021. You know, I'm learning everything. I, think I needed to learn. I think there will still be some things that we didn't realize we've learned until well into 2021 or, you know, when, when things change or morph into whatever the next thing is. Lots of gifts from 2020. Some that I can think of, of course, is are the Zoom meetings we now have that we would not have had otherwise. I mean, they're great. We've got this 9 p.m. meeting that we have is just incredible. All the people we've gotten to know around the world that we wouldn't have gotten to know otherwise. We're going to stay in touch with and keep this meeting going probably from now on, I think. I don't see any reason for it to stop. And we're bumping 100 at least three to four nights a week now. It's just incredible. What a gift. What a gift. I've actually quite enjoyed 2020. I think I must be one of the one of the very few people that, that falls in the category of enjoying it. It's taught me a lot about things that I need to do rather than things that I want to do. I, you know, more particularly the things like my Taekwondo business. Um I gave that up because it was starting to it was starting to drain me. It wasn't doing what it what I was expecting it to do. I don't know if I'd built myself up to it was going to be something that it wasn't, but it just it just got to the stage where I wasn't enjoying it and I just I was looking for a reason to let it go, and I, I just, I'm not saying it's my fault that the global pandemic started just for me to get God back. God didn't do that for you, Craig, so you could stop uh, your Taekwondo business. Well, it stopped the whole world. I, I told yeah, that, didn't, that wasn't all about you. <laughs> I don't want anybody blaming just me particular. But no, it, it, it taught me more about what was important. I think it's it, it shown me where I should really be, really putting my energies rather than where I think it wants to go. I think I think it's taught me that I'm not running the show. It's just kind of like it's highlighted it. It's all, it's all fair and well sitting reading about and sitting talking about it. But when you actually you actually get to a stage in your life where you're shown that listen, this this is really where you should be going. I think that's that's really handing my, my my will and my life over the care of God. And you're saying like where, where do I go now? I had a sponsor that he is, uh, he's having, his children were home and they were doing the schooling and all these different things. And I told him, I said, you better enjoy this. I said, you'll never have another opportunity to be with your kids like this again. I said, in 2021, things will spin back up and 10 years will go by and you won't even know it. I said, enjoy it. So he took a different approach to it just started looking at it differently and started enjoying his time with his kids that he would not have had otherwise instead of complaining about it 
we can always find that uh, half full instead of half empty if we if we try. I've heard a saying about that the other day. Is, is the glass half full or is it half empty? And somebody says, no, the glass is just too big for the water that's in it. I have enjoyed being home with my wife. I knew that something we must have picked right because I have, I've actually had that. And I'm going through the second round of COVID. I thought I was going to have all the antibodies uh, but but I'm just getting through the tail end of, of the second round when I had it early in November. But one thing that dawns on me is that people think that after 2020, it's going to stop. So here tomorrow morning, everything is going to be fine because 2020 is done. There's this big hype. Oh, we're done with 2020. Everything is good. But but there's still some bumps in January and February to, to get over this, right, at least. <laughs> so So that's interesting. Dennis, as long as we're wanting things to be different, there's always going to be bumps, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Learning to enjoy the moment, right? Hmm. Hmm. The lost pearl. The lost pearl. Kate, could you read for us? Would you mind, Bam? Sure. The lost pearl. The yellow emperor went wandering to the north of the Red Water, to the Kwanlun Mountains. He looked around over the edge of the world. On the way home, he lost his night-colored pearl. He sent out science to seek his pearl and got nothing. He sent analysis to look for his pearl and got nothing. He sent out logic to seek his pearl and got nothing. Then he asked nothingness, and nothingness had it. The Yellow Emperor said, strange indeed, nothingness who was not sent, who did no work to find it, had the night-colored pearl. Thoughts? I I think that um, what I think of is quit trying so hard. Everything's not so complicated. Keep it simple. How many times have I, this is a, a very simple analogy, but how many times have I wandered around the house looking for my phone and I've been holding it the whole time? Mm-hmm. I see a couple of nods because you've done the same thing. What's worse, Amy, is to be talking on your phone. So I got to go, but I can't find my I phone. I can't find my phone. Right, right. So I don't want to sound that silly, but yes, buddy, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I've looked at some meaning some what some of these words mean in uh, Chinese philosophy. The yellow emperor can mean the sage. The yellow emperor went wandering, um, went seeking, went looking is one thing that that can mean. That it was a uh, a common thing to go wandering at that time that they would, the sage would just go see whatever they could see with no agenda, almost a form of Wu Wei, you know, not, not to have something pre, you know, where they're going, they're just going to see what they can see in everyday life and, and where they end up with no, uh, no agenda of any kind. Um, uh, so the sage was wandering to the north of the red water. Red can mean happiness, uh, joy, luck. Also, brides 
wear red for that reason. Uh, that's a Chinese, that, that's one of the meanings of the color red. The red water would be the focal point of paradise. So the sage went wandering up to where happiness and paradise may be. Uh, to the Kwanlun Mountain, which is, uh, from what I see, from what I read was uh, divinity, uh, where uh, the mysteries stay, are, in, are at the Kwanlun Mountain. So the sage is seeking a spiritual solution, in other words. And over the edge of the over the uh, he looked around over the edge of the world on the way home he lost his night colored pearl so what i saw from that was he lost his greatest possession like in the bible it talks about the pearl of great price um it's interesting he looked at three different ways of finding this pearl first he looked at science then he looked at analysis. Then he looked at logic. Yeah, wisdom. Yeah, Craig, exactly. So first he looked at science. Then analysis, which would be a good definition of analysis, was a detailed examination. So and I was thinking about my alcoholism with this, how we sometimes look at science to tell us why we're alcoholics. Then we may look at analysis and look at the whole, um, examine the situation and see exactly why we're, you know, we're alcoholic and analyze everything. Or then look at logic, which is reasoning. Same with my alcoholism. And then he looked at nothingness and nothingness had the solution. That takes me back to surrender back to emptiness, all those things, saying the same thing that we always see in these writings. I found this in the Jifu uh, Fang Jane English translation. It's talking about nothingness. I don't think it's the same story, but it, it says it got me thinking. Oh, Amy, facts, evidence, reasoning, acceptance. Yes, yes. Tian Ken was traveling on the south side of Mount Yin. When he reached the Lao River, he met a nameless sage to whom he said, please tell me how to rule the world. The nameless sage said, go away, you fool. Why do you ask such an improper question? So he's asking how to rule the world. I am about to join the maker of things. For enjoyment, I ride on the bird of ease and emptiness, out beyond the six directions, wandering in the land of nowhere and dwelling in the domain of nothingness. Why do you bother me with the problem of ruling the world? But Tian Ken repeated his question once more. The nameless, the nameless sage said, let your mind wander in the pure and simple. Be one with the infinite. Allow all things to take their course. Do not try to be clever. Then the world will be ruled. And I got to thinking about this. 
And what if this is a picture of an inward journey, not an outward journey? I had the same thought, but it actually sounds like you, in that reading, that you're seeking for spirituality outside yourself, which is the pearl, that you, you get that eternal place, right? And even in recovery, we, we sometimes we're looking for it in our sponsor. We're looking for it in the steps. We're looking for it anywhere else. And Joe and Charlie, I think they had the, it reminds me of that story. I don't know if you remember Joe and Charlie, where they talk about the three wise men and they're hiding it up in the mountains and they're hiding it down the sea. And the third one said they're hiding it inside of themselves, but then they'll never be able to find it. Right. So, uh, so, and, and that's where that, that nothingness has come comes from uh, from within and that there that was what my, my mind went to with that thanks Dennis you know mine did not go there until I read this other story then mm-hmm. I, hey wait a minute you know because I was looking at this story as in them going places and pursuing things you know going to the mountain going here go you know but it's interesting science analysis and logic are all outside of ourselves that's all looking outward for the solution. You could talk, we could talk about that with our alcoholism. We could talk about that with any problem we have, with any issue that we, anytime we're disturbed, I'm disturbed more than likely because I'm looking outside of me for the solution. Either a person to behave differently or something to behave, or me to understand things differently, but I'm always looking outward. I'm not looking within to make that happen. I know that, with my kind of questioning of the world, I started out my, my trying to answer those questions with science. Mm -hmm. And I used to work in genetics and I used to think molecular genetics. So I used to think if, if we can just, if I can just understand enough about this, you know, that'll be the answer for me. You know, I'll, if I understand and if we can learn enough by doing these experiments and I can grasp this, that will be the answer. And then I'll be okay. You know, and that didn't work for me. You know, I was not okay. Um, so I can understand that seeking out science to seek his pearl and getting, I mean, I still love science, but um getting nothing and then struggling with my own understanding of even like understanding the program, you know, I want to analyze every little piece of it and understand that's exactly how it works. I want to know exactly what I have to do so that I can do it, get it done, check it off the list. And then I'm good. You know, it doesn't work like that either. And that's not how life works, you know, that is not the answer either. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming to an understanding that, you know, it is this nothingness, but my brain fights against that. My brain wants to say, you know, I want the answer. I want it written out. I want an outline of it. And I want to know exactly what to do. I want the formula. Right. <laughs> that's not the way it works if it, if it worked that way it would not be surrender would it nope I I also think this this whole concept could apply to the pandemic um, 
I know, I know I was really freaking out when this whole thing started because I was watching uh, the news. I mean, I was watching it a lot. And, uh, and after a while I thought, you know what, this is probably because they're throwing all these facts, science, they're throwing all this stuff at you. And it was just making me feel worse and worse. So uh, the day I shut off the news was the day I started feeling better about everything. Now I can, I can take some common sense precautions. You know, I can wear the mask and I can social distance and I can do those things, but to sit and to look at all the facts and the figures and this, listen to the science and every day the science is changing on this. So what good does it do me to waste all my energy on that when as long as I'm taking the common sense precautions, that's all I can do. And the rest is out of my, it was never in my control to begin with, but um, yeah. And I think, I think people would be freaking out a lot less if, they would just come to that realization that, um, of course, if you if you constantly watch this stuff, it's going to affect you. Mm. Thank you, Paul. Anyone else? I don't. I don't know if we've said this. Maybe the night-colored pool was his self. Maybe he. Maybe he lost his self. Maybe he lost his. Maybe he lost his reason. Maybe he lost his purpose. When I was when I was when I was looking at this. When I see these stories, I always see this old sage walking around and then he's dropped his pearl and he's like, well, I can't find it anymore. You know, he sends all these guys out to look for it. I, I, see, I, see, the, I see the materialistic part of this, the story playing out rather than the inner part of it, what's, what's really going on. You know, maybe when he was wandering up to the Red River, maybe he was wandering away from, from where he's supposed to be. Maybe he's wandered away from his purpose. Mm-hmm. And when he's dropped his when he's dropped his night coloured pearl, his night coloured pearl can be anything. The first thing I thought about when it says pearl was wisdom, because I, I thought pearls of wisdom. I thought maybe he's lost his wisdom. Maybe he's lost. Maybe he's lost part of his senses. Maybe he's lost part of his reasoning. But just what what Kate was saying, you know, maybe, maybe I've lost. Maybe I've lost my purpose. Maybe I've lost my way in life. And I've turned to I've turned to everything else to find it. I've turned to alcohol to try and find it again. Maybe turned to drugs to find it. I've you know I've maybe turned to other forms of addiction, other other things that really actually taken me further away from what I'm looking for. And it wasn't until I stopped looking and completely surrendered to everything that I finally got an idea of where it is. I'm not sure if I've completely found it yet. I think it's. But I think the more I surrender. The more I give in to, to not looking and not trying to control the outcomes, I, I think the closer I get to, to the goal. The Yellow Emperor said, strange indeed, nothingness, who was not sent, who did not work to find it, had the night curl, night-colored pearl. Because it's, it's been there all along. We just have to stop looking. You know, it's kind of like it reminds me of, you know, a lot of times uh, we seek other things to make us what we feel we're not. We don't have purpose or not a complete person. So we try to find that in relationships or in jobs or in. And what we don't realize is we're already complete. There's nothing to fix. 
And when we stop trying to fix ourselves, we can see it. It's, it's like the theory of being happy when you get something. You know, just as, as, as soon as I get as soon as I get my first million pound, I'm going to be happy. And then you get the first million pound, and then you think, you know what? Maybe it's maybe just an, an, another million pound would make me a bit happier. Mm. And then before I know it, I'm still pursuing that goal that's never going to make me happy. Let, let me read this before Amy does, because I think Amy's fixing to read this, and I want to read it first. <laughs> Lord, make me a channel of Thy peace, <laughs> that where there is hatred, I may bring love. They're not asking for anything, not outwardly. They already have the solution within, right? That where there's wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there's discord, I may bring harmony. That where there's error, I may bring truth. That where there's doubt, I may bring faith. That where there's despair, I may bring hope. That where there's shadows, I may bring light. That where there's sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. That's how we uh, get to that nothingness is by self-forgetting. It is by forgiving that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. That's the St. Francis prayer from uh, page 99 in the 12 and 12. That's the nothingness is the self forgetting. I kind of see the nothingness and that pearl there as, as being the awareness and yeah. that awareness I lose every time I'm trying to take control or manage things, then I lose it. Mm-hmm. And I might even lose it in the hunt for for feeling better, like like I heard Greg say that that, that could be in, in in materialistic ways, but it can also be where I always think that 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 I'm happier right around the corner if I'm keep doing the step. When I'm working step nine, I'll be better on step 10, ten. So let me finish step nine first, so I can go through the nine step promises and get to step ten. But in reality, it's already there, and that's that nothingness so so i really see it as as uh, as as being that awareness and i lose it every day because i'm not there yet very few of those big gurus i see have it all the time i even saw it in a an interview with um with dr wayne dyer and Eckhart tolle where i can still sense the ego they can get lost in their ways and and, and then they're just way better at acknowledging it and then ignoring it. That's probably it. And maybe you're right, Bob D. Maybe I should just continue with not meditating. Remember we were laughing about that. You use that reverse psychology. Yeah, you don't need to meditate. <laughs> Normally I do it every day, but then I got interesting where I feel pretty good without doing it. And the body was laughing. So yeah, you just, just don't meditate. It sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so I'm waiting for me really to lose my mind, but I can still, okay, this is what's going on. These are the emotions that's happening. So I can grasp onto some of the awareness once in a while. That's funny. But but that's it. And and understanding through science and all that, I can only get to that point. I think it's important for me. I couldn't just bobblehead the big book and, and that letting go part was pretty hard for me. So just let go and let God, how do you do that? Right. So I had to question and in, into in, a certain point. But then when it comes to the nothingness and that higher form of understanding that I don't really understand, um, that, that, that's a, there's kind of a step to it where 
knowledge doesn't really help my growth of spirituality because it simply just is or it's, and it's that nothingness that you can't grasp onto with intellect that's kind of it so I keep throwing that pearl away every day <laughs> for me to find it I just have to sit still oh that's it I guess I'm I'm really intrigued by <laughs> the insight of the night colored pearl being well, I, I'm not I, I don't I won't say how how Craig said it but it was it was just beautiful mm-hmm. so then like the essence of who we are right our inner our our true authentic selves and then I keep thinking of how we thought we could find the easier, softer way, but we could not. Then I'm thinking all through the the God of reason, the God of intellect, the God of the universe, all of these other things, when actually we were fooling ourselves for deep down and every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. But Deep down in there is the nothingness. We had to get rid of all that other stuff that we kept piling on, thinking those things were going to make me, thinking those things were going to make me happy, fill that void, if you will, right? If I could just get more of this or more of that, or if I could just get this kind instead of that kind, or or this husband instead of that husband. If only my kids would behave like this or go to this school or do this or do this sport, then then that's going to, that's, that's going to make me happy. And then as soon as those things happen, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I was still looking, I still wasn't satisfied. There was always some, I, I always felt like there was something else out there. The whole idea, the whole concept of external, right? Looking to the external to fix me on the inside. Um, so yeah, that, that really opened up a whole nother channel of thinking about this whole reading. So thanks for that. How about this, Amy? When the spiritual maladies overcome, we straighten out both mentally and physically. That relates to this too, because we're looking at the mental and physical to straighten out. If the the night colored pearl is, if I thought of it as peace and joy, let's say, or satisfaction, contentment, that if that's what I was thinking of it, I'm looking out here for it in the physical and the mental, and this is saying that if we straighten out the spiritual, if we find the nothingness, in other words, because that is the spiritual, isn't it? The emptiness, that, that's true God is nothingness, in my thinking. Then the rest of it takes care of itself. And that is the easier, softer way. Yes. But who knew? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not know that was the easier, softer way. Because that's what, that's what other people had instilled in me. You know, if you just grow up and if you have this kind of job or if you have that kind of job, if you go to college and you get this kind of degree and that kind of education and you marry this man and you, and you have 2.5 kids and a house and a two dogs and cat, whatever, you know, because so society and even my family had instilled those concepts of what happiness is or would be in me. And so that's, I had to get past all that, right? I had to get through that science and, and, and analyze it myself and logic. And, and I had to go through all of those processes though, right? 
to realize that the nothingness is is where it is. So how do we find the nothingness though? So what do we do? What's our path to the nothingness? Well, that's why I'm here, buddy. That's why I'm here. That's the paradox because you're already there. You just yes. that that's the paradox. And how do you wake up to it though, Dennis? Because we already have it, but how do you see it? It's like the 11th step that uh we pray Stop thinking. I just got that after I went to you today to drop that off and get my pressure washer. I went to the Dollar Tree and, and the uh, the manager there, he's, he's always funny and all that. And he said, I'm just not thinking today. And my wife didn't give me permission to think. And he was joking around with it. And, 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 and I always get to that point. If I'm overthinking stuff, I want to go to that uh, rationalizing thing and I want to go back to the deep rooted thing that I've been taught from childhood that that happiness is in doing a hard job and doing all these things instead of just what was that thing that you're talking about buddy where you were you're saying you are you are you're you're standing and and on uh, on was what was that reading on a cloud of uh, Oh, oh um, what is that? We talked about it a couple of weeks ago yes. that uh, that the man of Tao stands on what is moving. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. the way you find it. You stand on what is moving. You don't grasp to it with attachments. So you're letting go of everything, and you can just observe. But what I was that's... thinking was the the way of getting there was helping someone else find their nothingness was getting the focus off of me looking for it for me and help someone else find theirs. When really, when I'm helping someone else, what am I doing? I'm really helping me. Getting out. I just don't know it. (laughs) It's back to that same, that we don't know that we already have what we need. You know, it's back to that same idea. It's that way with the, uh, with recovery, we, we get what we need when we help someone else. There's nothing that works like intensive work with another alcoholic. All those ideas, you know, it's not God help me. It's God who can I help. So that's how I find the nothingness is by me learning to be concerned about you and help you help love you, you know, instead. That's how I can see what to stand on that's moving, Dennis. I can't see mm. it if I'm all wrapped up in myself. No, when you're in that spiritual malady that it talks about yes. in the big book also, right? Then yeah. It's really horrible. Yeah, the way I straighten out spiritually is by helping you. Yeah, that's good. good. Does that resonate with anyone? Does that? Mm. It's almost like losing your fear moving from that place of fear into that place of love. Mm. It is the self-forgetting, you know, that by self-forgetting that one finds. So a question to ask is, hmm, I am concerned about this situation. How can I forget myself in this situation? Might be a good place to start. That is still an outside tool, though, when you're helping others, but it helps you forgetting about yourself. I don't know if it like is, Dennis. But isn't that an outside tool when you go to somebody else because you're aware of it? I mean, it's it's not that, that anything is good or bad about this. This is really a good tool. Yeah. I know it in, in, in recovery. But, you know, if God is love mm-hmm. and we're all really one. Yeah. 
when I'm helping you and when I'm loving you, I'm really loving me. So I'm really that that's more inward than what I could. Yes, that's true. But when you look at it like that, we all want, then it's not an outward thing. That's right. That's then, then, then I can see it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really is nothingness when I stop trying to help myself. That could be a definition of nothingness. Because as long as I'm helping myself, I am looking for solutions. If I stop helping myself and start helping you, I'm participating in nothingness. What you got, Amy? You're—I see you're uh, whatever it is that. Just think we're getting in too deep now. We're getting no, because look, I pulled out all the readings. Look, I'm like that was like two weeks ago, and he left the pearl lying in the deep, and and he that which moves is what he stands on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, (laughs) It's who knew it could be that simple? It is that simple, though. Mm. I just can't comprehend simplicity because I'm such a complicated alcoholic magic magnifying mind brain. Is it really that simple? Yes. Because by helping you, I'm helping me and it's not anything that I'm doing selfishly. I'm selfless by helping you, but that in turn helps me. And did I ever really lose the pearl in the begin to begin with, or did mm-hmm. I just think that I lost it? <laughs> Cause it was with me all along. I just got all twisted up in my thinking and thought I lost it. It's like step 11, the knowledge of his will pray only for the knowledge of his will and the power. It's not that you're praying for his will, just the knowledge of it. You're praying to see the pearl again. The pearl's there the whole time. The will of God's happening, whether you're seeing it or not. And step 11, you're just saying, hey, I want to see the will of God. I want to see what's, I want to see what's moving. I can't see it. And for me, that nothing, that ability does, Dennis, have a lot to do with meditation, of me stopping and pausing, stopping the trying, stopping the self-effort and say, okay, I do not have the solution. I don't need help finding the solution. I need to surrender to see the solution. Let me get my thoughts off of me for a minute. And what does page 84 tell us? Turn our thoughts to someone we can help. That may be the step between only thinking about ourselves and what we think of as meditation. We're moving our thoughts to something else other than ourselves. What a gift. I still don't think anything can substitute meditation. That is something that's there's ongoing. I still think that is that is the key. And, and that comes for somebody that hasn't done it in I think a month and a half now. <laughs> but but I'm still aware that that is the way to do that. And I have this severe thing of ADD. I, my mind can be scattered all over the place and uh, and trying to pick up the pieces. And the only thing I can do is just to sit sometimes and then be aware, oh, now I'm in thought. Now I'm doing this. And now I'm trying well, to do that. Well, isn't in any time that you pause, Dennis, and take a moment, that's a form of meditation for me. That's true. Not and that's kind of what I'm still doing. For- X number of minutes or whatever, you know, it's more of, oh, I'm looking 
you know, my intellect does not have the solution. For me, that is a form of meditation because I'm, I'm listening for the answer. So for me, it, all of that's part of it, I think. It's. It, I was just thinking. It's interesting because even that it is an internal thing. And well, it's well when we all are one. Then I need other human beings to kind of see how my spiritual condition is. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it best is I when I'm not um, spiritual fit. Just me going to the grocery store. People are in the way. And why do people make those people that are standing in front of that little pizza that I need to bring down? They're standing there not being able to decide. Get out of my way, folks. And I know I'm not spiritual fit there, so I'm trying not to go out. And it's horrible when I have to do, go, go do my grocery shopping when I'm not spiritual fit because everybody's in my way. And I just want to go in and go home so I can be by myself. And then I had a day today where I'm fine with everything. And and everybody where they are. So it's kind of interesting. So that's how I can see it. Again, I need other people to kind of reflect on to see where, where I'm at. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. So I just wonder on those days that I'm not okay in acceptance, is that when science and analysis and logic try to move in and take over to destroy the nothingness that I'm Maybe our substitute for nothingness, Amy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Like CBT, like cognitive behavior therapy for in place of surrender. Hmm. You know, working harder and doing better. That's something I thought about a minute ago because how many times when I was looking for the solution to my alcoholism, number one, did I not want to really admit that it was the alcohol, right? That that could be maybe possibly part of the issue, right? That's the external thing that I was trying to, to fix me with. But, you know, a psychiatrist who, who would try to diagnose me, I mean, they were doing their job and they were doing a really good job with the information that I gave them. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't all the way honest, but, you know, I wouldn't be okay with their diagnosis because I didn't want that label, right? I didn't want them to tell me I was something that I didn't think that I was, when I really wasn't giving them anyway. Um, but again, that's still looking out there to fix something in here. Yeah. You think that you were using the alcohol as a substitute for nothingness? Absolutely. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. But don't it work for some people you hear still that they, they can do that cognitive uh, behavioral thing? But where they actually have to do something and they receive some reward that you're talking to yourself will. I don't know how that works, but but it don't work for me because uh, I yeah, get I in don't, my own I mean, way. I'm sure it works for some, but like uh, you said, Dennis, it doesn't. I had to have a spiritual solution to my alcoholism. I couldn't have a willpower solution or a yeah. mental you know, solution to my alcohol. If it works for some people, that's fantastic. This is mm. not the only Amy, don't doesn't the big book talk about that we do not have the only solution to alcoholism? That's the thing that people don't understand that uh, this the the steps are meant to be suggestive only. Mm-hmm. They're not the only solution to alcoholism. They're not. Even the big book says that. So people who think that AA says they're the only way, that's BS because it's not true. It's not true. Yeah, it also, also says that AA doesn't hold the monopoly on recovery. Yeah. Yes. 
That's right. And I'm for anyone getting sober any way that they can have, a, any way anyone can have a better life. I am all for it. That's why we talk about our experience and what worked for us. And so for me, I had to have a spiritual solution. And once I found the spiritual solution, the rest of it took care of itself. In other words, finding the nothingness, right? Hmm. Paul, you have something? Yeah, that's, well, you know, I, I, I didn't do AA and uh, I've never even been to an in-person meeting. So, hmm. um, but I'm 11 and a half years sober. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. Just sharing your experience. That's all we can really do, right? I mean, I, I can't tell Craig how to get sober. Just like nobody could tell me how to get sober. I had to figure that out for myself. You know, looking back on it, I like what Amy said too about, you know, about the whole surrender thing, because looking back on it now, you know, I probably had that power all along. I probably could have surrendered at any point during my 30 years of addiction. I could have, but I kept looking for that external solution and the alcohol was filling that void. And if I just would have been more spiritual, I probably would have licked this thing a long time before that, but it took, it took those 30 years and I wouldn't change it because it's led to where I am now. And that's why I'm so grateful to be an alcoholic because especially like during this pandemic, I mean, we have tools that a lot of other people don't have. And I'm just so grateful for that. And uh, these, these zoom meetings are a big part of it for me. So I really do appreciate uh, everyone's thoughts on this. And I just, I just, it just, it's hard to see friends uh, relapse and, you know, they just don't get it. And all, all I can do is again, share my experience and say what worked for me was surrender. And it's up to each of us to figure that out, I guess. Mm. All we can do is love them, Paul. That's it. I, I like that. And Paul, you're saying you're not working the ordinary, the traditional AA program, but still surrender is the number one. I like to hear that, that what, what works for others is does something else. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And um, the, the, these guys know that uh, you know, gratitude is probably my number one recovery tool. I, I do daily gratitude every single morning. And um, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's where I, that's just how I, I roll with it. And, you know, I did read a lot of the AA literature when I first got sober. Um, and, and I did, I did kind of apply either what's the saying, take what you need and leave the rest. <laughs> you know, I kind of did that. And yeah, I didn't work the steps uh, formally, but, you know, I kind of did a version of them um, where, where I, you know, where I needed to, where I needed to do it. So, um, but yeah, and it's not to say that I will never, ever try AA. I might, you know, buddy thinks I might go to a meeting one of these years, but <laughs> when clubhouses are going again, Dennis, and he ever goes, he will, he will say, why didn't I do this years ago? He'll fit right in at the clubhouse. I guarantee you he would, if he, if he ever goes, you know. I mean, that's what I've seen working for some of the old timers that that did. We had to remember Big Jim that just passed yeah. away being 80 years old. He was big on gratitude. That's what I'm hearing here. And then the, the power of learning to let go and surrender. That is, uh, that's, uh, that's a keystone. So it's still the same, I guess, right? Yeah. And, and my dad, my dad uh, got sober through AA and he was sober for 31 years before he passed away. Ah. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, he, he had the big book and I, you know, I might've taken a look at it once in a while. 
especially page 84, right, buddy? Yeah. But That's it. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just the way I roll. So <laughs> don't we learn that we just we need something else for us is it's the I mean that emptiness, the God thing, that we need something else for us to deal with life where other normal people they can they can put alcohol in their system when they get overstressed because they're dealing with life on life's terms i guess and that's what we we're not good with that was the reason i drank and and, and used drugs right so we need something else we think but don't you think though dennis that we're i, I and i don't know this but the people the normies that i know versus the folks in the program that are leaving living a spiritual life due to their alcoholism the level of peace and joy that the recovered alcoholics have is much higher. Oh, certainly. The level of the people who are not, are not alcoholic that have never had a program of any kind. Even the ones that are, are church going don't have the level of peace and joy that, that my friends in recovery have. Certainly. I, I do believe that because it's a constant change for uh, chase for happiness that you're never going to be able to, to achieve and that's back to the story that we we're just talking about right that it, yes. it's it's already there and you have that peace and quietness if you learn to surrender if you learn to to just sit and observe and then not want what's behind the corner because you think that's going to be uh be be a be a happy place of mine but you're exactly where you need to be all the time But that, and like Amy is saying, I really like it that, that you're doing all these and you have all these readings and it becomes too much, right? Because you can pack a donkey with spiritual readings, but in the end of the day, it's still going to be a donkey, right? It's, it's, that's not going to do anything else. So, so there we are as human beings, right? And, and, and I just had my dog while we were sitting here and, and, and I'm always thinking this is so much easier to accept a dog for being a dog, but accepting another human being for being a human being is, uh, is an accomplishment. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Anyone else? Everyone good? Amy, are you sharing your story somewhere tonight? Are you doing a new year? Don't you? Yes, I am. I've been night. Um, I'm meeting out of uh, Connecticut. Oh, um, yeah, at midnight. So I get oh to my start. Goodness. Yeah, I get to start my brand new year sharing my experience, strength, and hope um, with people I've never met, but that I know. You know. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah, that's cool. That's You're going to be the first one in twenty twenty one to to share your story. Yeah, for this particular meeting. Aren't you too, though, buddy? I oh, did uh, last hour. Okay. For some folks in the UK. Okay. They found the sober, sober Meditations out. They found it through Sober Meditations. Uh, and it was really good. About 12, 15, I had to work really hard to understand them, Craig. They were all, all over England. I mean, I just, oh. a bunch of Russell oh. Brand, you know, and other... <laughs> Accents. I'd have to say that for Craig's benefit. He doesn't like Russell Brand. Um, but it was good. It was really good. Charlie O invited me. It was a great meeting on the 11th step. Do you think they were struggling to understand you oh, as well? Every syllable. <laughs> Buddy does not have an accent. Let's get that straight. No, everyone else does, right, Paul? Yep. I slowed down even more for them. 
Because that makes it better. <laughs> and spoke louder. <laughs> yes. Did you do the serious buddy voice? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I did do a meditation. So I did slow talk a little more, but uh, it was good. It was good. I, I'm just grateful to get to meet folks all over the world. He said, you got buddy who came all the way from Georgia? I said, yeah, I did. I sat down at my desk and here I am, you know. Did any of them say that he sounds American, not Georgian? Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, they they <laughs> were just di- they, they were just having difficulty understanding, Craig. They were sitting but, there like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's actually the real reason why I listen to the podcast is so I can listen to it slow because I've, I've sat for the past hour thinking, I don't understand a word these guys have said. Anything else, guys, before we close? All right. Well, I want you all to have a happy new year and find the nothingness. Find the nothingness. Until next week, we'll see you guys. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.